Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, episode 51. Today, I'm sitting down with Tim Burt, author, speaker, producer, podcaster, and marketing expert behind Tim Burt Media. Tim teaches that when it comes to marketing, the secret to success is in the messaging. Tim and I had a great time talking about the first commercials we both wrote, how marketing is all about influencing buying trends, and how experience is the best teacher. I'm so excited to share our conversation with you today. Tim is the definition of expert, and boy, is he easy to listen to. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Zimmerman Podcast with your host, CEO, wedding professional, educator, and mom, Jessica Zimmerman. In just two years, Jessica went from facing bankruptcy to taking home a six-figure salary. She turned a business-saving $100,000 loan into a million-dollar empire. As a creative entrepreneur, a healthy work-life balance seems just as unattainable as a six-figure income. But Jessica Zimmerman is here to show you it's possible. With the right tools and insider tips and some hard work, your craziest dreams can become your daily routine. If you set some boundaries and commit to healthy changes, you can create a business and a life you love. So let's make your business work for you. Hi, Tim. Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is going to be good. I'm really excited. I was recently a guest on your podcast, and we had so much fun that we just decided to keep talking, and and now you're a guest on mine. So I'm I'm thrilled. Thanks for being here. It's weird how that works out, huh? I know. I know. And convenient at the same time. Yes. I like it. It's good. So Tim, I know a bit about your history in radio and advertising, but for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work history and how you first became interested in marketing? Yeah, sure. Well, if you're new to me, my name is Tim Burt and um, I do have more than 30,000 commercials to my name around the world. That's crazy. Which have generated over half a billion dollars of sales for my clients. Now, what does that mean exactly? You have... 30,000 commercials, like you have come up with the mar- the marketing campaign or the advertising campaign for them, or what does it exactly mean? In some way, shape, or form, I could credited with 30,000 plus commercials. I still do about, uh, I still do over 300 ads a year easily. Does that mean coming up with the concept or figuring out where they're placed or what? Uh, no, that's either writing them and or, you know, creating them, voicing them, producing them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so basically, uh, I'm either the brains behind it and or the voice and face of them. <laughs> so in in one way or another, um, I've got my hands in a lot of uh, the pie there. That is so good. So Doug Buden, who does our intro on Zimmerman Podcast, he is an actor and he his sneeze was purchased for, I, I can't remember how much money, but it's basically the sneeze that's used in all commercials or something like that. It's, it's wow. crazy. So you, you, those of you who have these incredible voices or, or a great sneeze, <laughs> I mean, that's just so cool how your, how your work, you know, kind of begins and evolves and everything. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And there's a, a separate story. You ever heard of the Wilhelm scream? I have not. 
Oh, look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. It's this guy who did a scream back in the 40s or 50s, and they've used this scream in movies up to today. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but no, I, I did spend 25 years in radio, and 16 of those were with CBS, where I was responsible for about $40 million of ads a year, wow. uh, making sure that they all ran and everything was you know, writing them and producing them and all that. And, um, I left CBS back in 2017 coming up on, oh my gosh, almost three years. And I had my side business, um, Tim Burt media. I've worked with fortune 500 companies such as Toyota, gray bar, South African airways, Burger King. Um, but most of my work comes with small businesses and entrepreneurs, much like the people that are probably listening to this podcast right now. Yes. And I've had to help market everything from airplane parts to multi-million dollar homes to ice cream to uh, agricultural equipment. I'm working with a woman in uh, Toronto who runs a gym, um, a boat restoration company in Belize, a bra shop in Mozambique. So, I mean, there's very little you can throw at me that I have not had to market in some way, shape or form. No matter the product or service, you're going to figure out how to how to get it out there, huh? Absolutely. You know, when they say, you know, find your gift, mine is to basically be that second or third set of eyes to come in and say, why aren't you doing this? Or this is where you need to fix your, you know, your, your marketing is your messaging is a problem. You know, as I always say, if you got a messaging problem, you got a marketing problem. Yes. And so I, I focus on the message, you know, what's the one core thing that, that people are going to know you for right off the bat? Some would call that branding. I hate that word because it's so overused and misused, but it's, you know, we're getting into the weeds there, but, the, no, but that's I get it. Yeah. This is important. It's important. You're right. If you don't have uh, a message, yeah. then, you can't, then you can't market. I love that. I also love the phrase. There's nothing more expensive than a bad location. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So that's right. I love it. I love it. That's similar. So how long did you work for CBS? 16 years. And what made you leave? A lot of things. There were um, there were rumors of a merger, which actually did happen. And I'm glad I left because that thing has gone off the rails. And uh, they've eliminated, actually, they eliminated the my position. So the guy that I trained when I left, he got blown out. And um, it was just time. If anybody listening to this right now, if you're working at a, you know, air quotes, corporate job, it would really behoove you to become the CEO of your division of your area, because that's what I did. And when I did that, I, I studied on my own. CBS wasn't paying for me to go to, to, um, retreats or events or, you know, the seminars or anything like that. I did, this was all on my own. I have no formal training. I have no awards. I have no degree. And yet all of the things that I've done, if you were to write them out on a piece of paper and turn it into a script for Hollywood, they would laugh you out of the room. Right. Say, this, is not, this is not possible. I'm telling you, it is. You just have to hone in and figure out what it is you really want to do. And when you do that and you apply yourself, incredible things can happen. I'm, I'm living, walking testimony to that. So when you were a kid, did you, cause I often think that what, like what we're meant to do, right? Cause I think sometimes people start with just going, gosh, I don't know what to do. Like I'm not passionate about something. You know, I often think we were born with these gifts, right? Like these God given talents that are woven in our DNA. And I think that, you know, along the way, those can sometimes get pushed down. Maybe someone makes fun of us. Maybe someone like, I like to give the example for 
for me, maybe I was younger and I spoke up and somebody told me like, you're not old enough to have that opinion yet, you know, or to, you know, that that's for the seniors, not the sophomores to talk about or, you know, and so those leadership qualities kind of get, you know, pushed down a little bit. As a kid, did you like doing voice work or, you know, did you, were you interested in voices that you heard on TV or anything like that? All of it. Um, I, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I was the weird kid who loved watching commercials uh-huh. and I remember one of the, and I talk about this in my, I've written three books. I talk about this in my first book, a uh, shameless plug for the book. Um, I, <laughs> I've been doing that for six months. Go right ahead. You're, you're good. <laughs> yeah. It's called high performing ads. It actually did win an award in Toronto last year. Oh, good. Uh, best marketing you have book. won awards. Yeah. Well, I have my, my marketing hasn't won any awards. Well, but, but my books, you know, go figure anyway. No, I, I, as a kid, um, I remember one of the earliest exercises that I had to do in school. Uh, this was an English class and they said, we want you to write a commercial. I, I don't ask me why I wrote a commercial and it was a limerick for red lobster, the, the restaurant. And I don't remember what it said. But all I remember is the teacher loved it and the class loved it. And I thought, wow, maybe there is something to this. But, you know, when you're eight, nine, ten years old, you don't really think of this as a viable career path. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just, yeah, totally. you know, um, so it was always kind of stuck in the back of my head. It, it just I mean, literally, it's one of these things, Jessica, that the stars just kind of aligned for me. Um, and, and I, you know, I ended up ended up literally falling into radio. And, um, which I was knew I wanted to do anyway and, um, lucked out, got a job, no training, no awards, no formal education. And, you know, walked into this, um, radio station and said, I heard you're looking for part-time talent and I don't know what happened, but they hired me and I took it and ran. Yeah, I bet you did. And, you know, end up in St. Louis working for three very large heritage radio stations, doing stuff all over the world, uh, stations in New York, Los Angeles, um, Johannesburg. Were you mainly doing the the voice work or were you behind the scenes producing or what, did you, were you want, well, first of all, I'm going to come back to this in just a second. I first want to just share with you when I was in third grade, you talked about having to write a commercial. I had to write and perform a jingle for a commercial. And so I'm going to, I'm going to share that with you now. And you can tell me uh, how I hadn't thought about this since you just said it, but I totally remember this was in third grade. So I don't know how many years ago, um, but this is what it was. Reeboks. They're real, real neat. Reeboks. You want to hit the street. Reeboks. They're cool to me. Reeboks. They were meant to be. So um, I think it's clear that my um, future in, uh, advertising probably wasn't in in writing advertising probably wasn't great what do you think it was a good start it's a good start you know yeah you got to start somewhere you know (laughs) now that wouldn't have made it to air but hey not so much you know but it's it's you always got to have a starting point you know it's thinking about this when i was writing the book i'm thinking what was the first spot i ever did the first true proper commercial and i just remember the uh the boss at the time saying hey i don't have time to do this can you can you record this sure i i mean i was willing to do anything because you know you get a part-time job and it's like les brown says you got to be hungry you know and i was 
And I can't remember what it was for, but I remember seeing the script and I I have no idea. But um, advertising was always one of those things that just I just found fascinating because really what you're doing is you're manipulating buying habits. Well, I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think it's a lot of business owners just look at it. Well, I got to put a commercial out there. I, I got to put a Facebook post, a promoted whatever. Right. Um, what you're really doing is you're you're asking somebody who you don't know to give you money. Right. What's the fastest, easiest, most direct, simple way that you're going to be able to do that? And of course, there's no blanket answer because every, every genre is different. Yeah. But when you step back and realize you're asking complete strangers now, especially over the internet, very transactional business, you're asking a complete stranger to pull out their credit card or go to PayPal and give you money for whatever it is you have. What are you going to say to them? That's, that's how you, that's how I look at it. And that's how I think a lot of your, your audience, that's how you have to think of it too. Yes, totally. Okay, good. I want to dive into all of that, but I want to go back to your radio days for just a second because I have to ask you. So for me, I think I, you know, get bored every couple of years and have to pivot or I get interested in something else or, or something. Were you in front, like doing voice work? And then were you ever like, oh, I want to, I want to learn more on the producing end or this, this seems fascinating or I'm having to do this live read and this, this ad is terrible and I could rewrite sometimes I'm listening to Sirius XM they have this they have this ad right now about almonds and I think it's like the worst ad I've ever heard but I tell you what it sticks so it does make you think about it I don't know but what how kind of was that for you it was a long and windy process and if I had to do it all over again oh would I I I don't know it, the thing that that really drove me was I wanted to learn it all because I didn't go to college for this. And I thought, well, what better way to learn about something than just throw me into the deep end of the pool and show me everything. Right. It's the best way to learn it. it for some people. Yes. It's not for everybody, but if you're passionate about, I don't care what you're passionate about. Sometimes that's the best route. It always has been for me. Just, Throw me in it. Let me be the dumbest person in the room and work my way up to. Yeah, and, to and for me, for me, it was learning the basics. Uh, I started off running Casey Kasem's Weekend Top Forty Countdown on CD. And, no, you did not. Oh, I did. And every week, and every chance I got, while I was uh, when I got to go to the um, the radio station, I wanted to learn. I was just hang around. I was that guy that was like, oh, "What are you doing? What's that? Okay, how does this work? You know?" And that was me in the deep end of the pool. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I bet you learned so much. That's crazy. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> One of the things for me, sometimes when people ask me what I want, sometimes I'm not able to figure out exactly what it is I want, but I'm really able to describe what it is I don't want. And that will sometimes lead me to, you know, what I want. And so before we start with like good advertising, I'm wondering if you could give us some examples of the worst advertising you've ever seen. Some like telltale signs of terrible marketing message. Is there something you see over and over as a common kind of marketing mistake? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so much of it. As one of my mentors said, um, the reason that we, you hear and see so many bad commercials is because they're so easy to do. And the one the one mistake 
that every single business owner, if you're listening to this right now, that you have to stop doing right now is quit telling the audience multiple ways to get a hold of you. In other words, give me one call to action. Uh, If you want people to go to your website, fine. Put in your link. If you want people to call you, I don't need your website. Just give me your phone number, addresses, Facebook page, Twitter handle. I don't need all that stuff. And, you know, again, remember, you're asking complete strangers that you, you know, to to give you money for whatever it is you have. And I always, the example that I always give is, let's say you just landed in a city that you've never been to, but you know, you're going to a specific landmark. So let's say you, you land in Boston and you want to go to Fenway Park to watch a Red Sox game, just as an example. Well, you get off the plane and you start talking to a local and when you get out of the airport, hey, how do I get to uh, Fenway Park? And if they say, well, you could take this bus and this bus and then you could or you could get on the subway or you could catch an Uber or you could take the you know, you could just get a rental car and then take this road up. You're going to stop listening to them and go ask someone else who's going to give you one direction. (laughs) Amen. You're so right. What a good example. It's the shortest shortest path to the cash. That's what I'm looking for. Every time. So don't confuse people. The more you confuse them, the less they are to to buy from you. Right. Oh, absolutely. That's so smart. Are there any go-to signs of great and effective marketing? Like just a really great message. What does that look like? A great message is going, well, first off, there's there's a lot of rules, but let me give you a, a simple one to think of. It's one that punches people in the nose and grabs them by the throat. And I know that that's, that's kind of brutal, but it's very, very true. It is. Um, okay. If I said this, but I'm loving it. Uh huh. <laughs> if I said, okay. If I said, just do it. Nike. Mm-hmm. Finger licking good. Kentucky fried chicken. Okay. How did you know those? Um, the same way yesterday I caught myself, um, my son had a Kit Kat bar. I don't know how I got it. I guess it was in his Easter basket or something, but I saw the wrapper and I just started singing, give me a break, give me a break, break me up. It's like one in the same. Yeah. Well, it's CCRR, constant, consistent, relentless repetition. Oh, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. They don't change it. They don't change it. So that's why you pick when you settle on your marketing message. That is the thing that's going to sell. It's constant, consistent, relentless repetition. Now, and with that, there are a couple of caveats. If you're a small business owner, you cannot change your message all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't work. Okay, well. Yeah, maybe you have to change it. But once you find that one that people resonate with and you understand your core customer, you can speak to them in a way that is evocative and that w- that they will resonate with and they will act when you ask them to act. That's the winner mm. right there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Good. You want when the whatever you're using and you and you get return with you get some action. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you stick with it because it's working. Well, sales is the ultimate um, scorecard here. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, no sales. Hmm. If again, that's like I said in the beginning, if you've got a marketing problem, you got a messaging problem. Yes. I say the same thing with um, branding logos. You know, we look at 
McDonald's, mm-hmm. it now just has arches. We we recognize it from just the arches alone. It doesn't even have to say McDonald's. Starbucks yeah. dropped Starbucks a while back, and now it's just yeah. that weird angel thing. But we we know exactly what that means. Yeah. Target is just a bullseye. That's all yeah. it says when you go to Target. It's just a bullseye. And so it's the same. Yeah, and they may they may be so over that bullseye. The creatives at Target may want to do something else, but you can't because that is what people recognize and what they what they are familiar with. Just think about this. Coca-Cola has had the same logo since 1887. That's crazy. Yet Pepsi changes theirs on average about once every 10 to 12 years. Mm, That'll tell you something. Now, you could say, well, that's Pepsi. Well, yeah, they're a big multinational conglomerate. I get it. However, Coca-Cola got this right and from the beginning and stuck with it. Why change it? It works. You know, you can't, the only person who's ever going to get bored with your marketing and your logo and your messaging is you, you know, the, the public, the public might be, um, might love it. And they might think, gosh, I keep buying from these people. They change your logo. Why did you change your logo? GoDaddy just changed their logo. Why? Right. You're GoDaddy. Somebody got bored with it. Stop it. Stop. I need some longevity. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to get that brand equity. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways to call it, you know, crunchy brand flakes or whatever. I don't get, call it whatever you want, but it's all about, again, constant, consistent, relentless repetition. And until you understand this, you're going to stay stuck in the mud, spinning your wheels going, why aren't people buying from me? It's because they don't know who you are and they don't know what you do and they don't know how you can help them. Right. Right. Oh, this is so good. So what about, okay, so I'm a big believer that people buy from people. I have just seen it time and time again. If I meet with someone, uh, if I try to do a a quote just via email, mm, probably not going to get that sale. If I do it on the phone, I might, I might, you know, get a better chance of making the sale. But if I meet with someone in person, I had a year where it was 100%. I would I would book the gig every time meeting them in person. So for me, I'm a big believer in being the face and the voice of my business. So I'm just wondering a couple of things. How often do you see marketing strategy or message that seems totally disconnected from the person who's actually behind the business? And can you tell me in your own words why or if you think it is, I don't know, if you think it's important to be the face and voice of your own business? Great questions. Holy moly. Two thoughts on this. Um, it depends on scale. And, and when I say scale, I'm talking if you're a multinational conglomerate a la Pepsi, who owns Pepsi? Who owns eBay? Who owns Uber? You could say, well, there's Travis, whatever. Fine. You're not buying from him. You're buying his service. Okay, you know, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, you know, I mean, you can think about whatever about him that you want, but really it boils down to, I can get what I want, when I want, where I want, and I'm going to pay what I want. Okay, that's one side. The other side of this is if you are a small business and small businesses now, especially with the COVID thing going on at the time we're recording this, it is more important now for you to than ever it's always been important, but it's mo it's critical now that you, uh, demonstrate 
why people should not buy that same thing from Amazon and they should get it from you. And the, the example I always give is shoes. You ever buy a pair of shoes online? I have for my children, yes. Okay. You ever, now, when you get those shoes, well, what happens if they don't fit? They're the wrong color. They're the wrong size. or they're just not exactly what you thought it was going to be. Well, you didn't buy, you didn't get a deal. You got a problem. Mm-hmm. So now you got to send them back. You got to wait. And you might get a return pair. You might get a, or you just get your money back. And guess what? You're back to square one. Right. As opposed to going to a shoe store, you can walk in and walk out with the shoes on that same day. Right. So this is, this makes sense. You have to show people that you have to really, really, I know they say, you know, you don't sell benefits and features. You sell the outcome. Well, the outcome here is speed. That's really what you're selling. You're not, you're not selling quote convenience. You're selling speed. Oh, that's smart. Convenience is a subset of that. And that's a very subjective term as well, but you're really selling speed. So I hope, does that answer your question? Yes. I'm sitting here just like thinking about that because we have a shoe store in town that is a great shoe store. And I'm just thinking, yeah, if all of their marketing was just almost targeted towards walk in, walk out, or get it the same day. The day you think about it, walk away with it kind of thing. That would, that would trump Amazon in my mind. And I oh, would think, no doubt. yeah, Amazon's two days. And in that, I can get it instant. And you're right. It's just in the way you worded it. Yeah. It's all about, it's, it's all about your approach and how you think about it and your angle. It's again, you're selling speed. You're, you're not depending and now this depends on the product, but if you are in a position to sell that, then by all means now for people like us that sell you know, consulting or coaching or whatever, they're very rarely, um, the, the only time I'll get an instant yes is if I'm on stage selling, usually this is a, Hey, let's have a call. Let's have another call, you know, and you, and you start building that quote relationship and then they'll buy totally fine. I'm, I'm fine either way, <laughs> you know, but really it boils down to what's the fastest path to the cash. And in this case, if you're a shoe store, you're selling speed. Right. So you're exactly right. Yeah. Don't you think there are some instances, though, where being the face or the voice or being in front is important? And the the only example that I have, um, well, I guess I have a couple, but, um, you know, Jessica Simpson, who a, a pop singer, mm-hmm. and this was, gosh, 2000, I think year 2000 or something, she had this record and it didn't do that well. And her, her dad, who was her manager at the time thought if people could just get to know her, they would love her. And if Mm -hmm. they fall in love with her, they'll buy her product or they'll buy her music. Sure. She got married and they did newlyweds. They were like the first, other than MTV, the real world, they were really the first uh, reality show. And then her business skyrocketed after that. And so- I don't know. I think there is something about in some cases, you know, really being the face and the voice. I think Ralph Lauren, you know, being in, he's always been in his own ads. He has models as well, but him being in his own ads, I mean, you just believe it because you see him actually wearing his stuff and sitting on his furniture and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Um, There are some businesses that, that this works well for. There are some that don't. (laughs) 
you know, go back to Amazon. I don't think Oprah's magazine would sell if anyone else were on the cover. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it, there are a lot of variables that come into play. But the, I will say, here's the one warning sign that you have to really temper. And, and it's good to get a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion and not your friends. Right. Other business associates. All right. Not family and friends don't count. They don't. You're right. <laughs> you have to take your ego and put it aside. If you're getting into marketing to think I'm going to be a star, I can't tell you. How many people came into my studio when I was at CBS thinking, well, I'm, I wrote this, this is the greatest commercial ever. And it's like, this is the, this thing's terrible. And, and, and it literally got to the point where I would say to people, do you want to waste your money? Well, no, then don't air this, this, this script is terrible. And some people, some people got offended at it. And some people really appreciated the, the brutal blunt honesty of saying, you know what? I'm looking out thing saying, thank you for looking out for me. Well, that's, that was, whether or not that was in my job description, I made it part of the job description. Yeah, totally. And I think that's kind of why I was able to, you know, ascend to such heights is because they knew, people knew, the sales staff knew if they wanted the brutal, blunt, honest truth, they knew that they would get it. And you have to take your ego and you just have to leave that thing at the door, leave it at the house because this advertising and marketing, same thing. This is not a platform to you for you to show, oh, let me show you how creative I am. And let me show you how I, I can sing. I don't care. Sell me something. Right, exactly. And I guess you just have to look and see, because I know that there are a lot of people that I talk to and they'll say, you know, Jessica, I just don't want to be the face and voice of my business. And yeah. I think that's fine. You do not have to be. There are lots of businesses that do really well where we don't know, like you said, the face and the voice behind it. But they do an excellent job with the messaging. For me, if I try to promote a product strictly with messaging, it has not done as well as when I personally, you know, go live and go, you know, do webinars and stuff and I am, you know, pitching it. Um, that just happens to be, you know, we've we've tried it both ways. I but I almost have to look at it like a character because I, I can't even stand going to my own website because it's just pictures of me. And I just have to know like yeah, it's my, it's my business and that's who I am and that's okay. But I, I wish sometimes that I didn't have to be in the forefront, that we could rely strictly on messaging. And so who knows, maybe we'll get there eventually. But are there different trends when it comes to marketing strategy or are there some things that just always work? Yes. <laughs> yes to both. Uh, that's, that's a fairly thick answer. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version. Marketing is hard. I don't care what anybody says. Again, we're asking complete strangers to give us money. And marketing trends, marketing tactics change all the time. You can go back and look at, go back and look at 10 years ago when uh, the internet marketing was really starting to take hold. And there was a phase where it was, go to, you know, mywebsite.com enter your email address and I'll send you a free report or a free white paper on all. Well, then people don't do that anymore because it just got so worn out. Text marketing, same thing. There were laws in, uh, created because people were spamming the public with texting. It changes all the time. And this is why as much as you're an entrepreneur and you want to do everything yourself, when it comes to marketing, 
I don't care who you get, somebody that you that has a proven track record of of showing results in different areas, um, that's who you need to place your trust in, or at least take their advice or or get get a consultation with them because if the second you think you know everything about marketing, the game is gonna pass you by. And every day I'm studying trends. I'm looking at what's hot. You know, TikTok had its, you know, little blip and it's you know still kind of on the on the upswing, I guess. But guess what? There's a lot of rivals to TikTok now. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh, I'm gonna throw everything into TikTok, or I'm gonna throw everything into Facebook or YouTube. You gotta be everywhere that your audience is. And the second that you do, the second you stop doing that is the second you start losing. So it really, there's a lot of variables, but um, my, my biggest piece of advice to give you on this is is hire somebody that you can really put some stock in and, and that knows that they're going to shoot you straight. Because if you don't, uh, you're going to, you're either going to stay where you are or things are going to get worse real fast. Want to know the first step to booking more clients? You've got to have a website and not just any website, but a site built to book. If you're just starting your business, you're probably wondering how you can share about your work, gain clients, and start making money. The answer to all of these things is your website. When I first started my business, I didn't have the money to pay a professional brand expert to create the brand you see here today, but I didn't have to. I used the resources I had to invest in my business and create a brand that would attract the type of client I wanted to work with, supported by a website that was built to transform searching brides into lifelong clients. If you want a simple guide to how to create a site that books without having to invest thousands in a branding expert before you're ready, you need a winning website. To learn more, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash website. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash website. In order to scale your business, to grow your business, at some point you can't just be a solopreneur. Like you've no. got to, you've got to get some experts on your team. You know, you've got no to doubt. hire some people and and outsource stuff. And yeah, let I always say, stay in your lane. Figure out what your strengths are, and yeah. and stick to that. And uh, we all can't be experts at everything. So hire you be the expert at what you're the expert at and hire the rest. (laughs) I have a a colleague friend of mine in Kansas City named Mindy Hart, and she got 30 million views on one Facebook post using some of my guidelines. And she didn't pay a cent for those 30 million. And one of her phrases is let the geniuses be geniuses. Yes, yes. Until you start doing until if you are preventing yourself from doing that, you are holding back your success. It's that simple. Gosh, that's so true. Can you share a couple of those guidelines? Uh, which ones? The the guidelines on a Facebook post. Oh, Facebook post. Yeah. Uh, well, this was a very interesting Facebook post because it was a a, a one in a million picture. Um, this was for a doctor in Detroit, and this was for uh, I want to say diabetics. Um, but anyway, the, the gist of the picture was it was supposed to look like a Thanksgiving turkey sitting on a table. Okay. Okay. And 
you're looking at the turkey from the side. So the, the wing, the legs are kind of pointing to the left. All right. You're seeing a side view. And what they did is they cut, basically they cut the turkey. So it looked like you could see through the turkey, but instead of meat, it was the inside of a cauliflower. And the picture was so um, engaging and, and, you know, people seeing this going, oh my gosh, so-and-so needs to see this. I don't have to have meat. You're like people that couldn't eat turkey or whatever. I can't, what the, 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 the background was. But that was the the thing that got it shared. And it was, if you're looking for blank recipes, check this out or something like that was the headline. It was very, you know, it, on the surface, it doesn't look like much, but it spoke to people. It was very evocative and resonated with them. And it it was so resonant with these people that they felt compelled to share it. Mm. If your post... Um, and not, they're not all going to be home runs. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. They're not all winners, but the ones that do, the ones that get shared, number one, they're usually the ones that you don't think are going to amount to anything. And number two, uh, the ones that do get shared, they're getting shared for a reason. And what is that reason? It's because the connection, they know somebody who could use this or they think, oh my gosh, everybody needs to see this. Yes, they felt something when they yes, saw it. That's it. the key. That's the key. And, and again, it goes back to emotions and being evocative and speaking to them in, in a way that resonates with something going on inside their head. So it's, the, the, I, I will tell you this um, one of the guidelines too is don't do what's cute, do what sells. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because we, we could have sat there, Mindy could have sat there and, and thought of what's a cute headline for this? Um, no, punch him in the throat. Or punch them in the nose and grab them by the throat. If you want a blank recipe, check this out or whatever the headline was. It was literally that simple. It was stop overthinking things. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's simple. usually the biggest mistake. Absolutely. You're so right about that. I find that with everything. I think there, you know, even like with Instagram, pe there's people who can write novels every time. And there's some, like some of my favorite people to follow, they write one sentence and it's just funny to the point. Yeah. And you're. I don't know. It keeps you coming back. It's so good. Okay. So we use Pinterest for marketing because you can create an ad, see if it performs well with organic traffic, and then choose to promote it and make it as a paid ad. And even when your ad campaign is over, you still get views on that pin. It's not like the pin just disappears. So from a marketing strategy standpoint, why is this such a great system to use? What makes it different from other options out there? It's a lot like podcasting. It's evergreen. Mm -hmm. As long as long as it's up there, there's a you've got a chance that people are going to see it, share it, react to it, act upon it. Yes. It, now I will say when I first started doing um, ads online, uh, my ad manager said the word evergreen like 14 times in a in our one conversation. I had no idea what she was talking about. I finally had to be like, "Can you explain that to me?" So for those who may not know, can you explain what evergreen means? It lives forever. There we go. As long as it's up there, as long as it's online, and as long as people can access it, you don't have to change it. You don't have to mess with it. It's there. Yep. It's, it's uh, you know, akin to planting a seed uh, for an evergreen tree. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there. Right. So if you put an ad in a magazine, well, that's like a pe people magazine. Well, that yeah. ad 
going to be thrown away with the magazine. No one's ever going to see it again. With Pinterest, an ad gets pinned and then people repin it. And then those uh, more people repin it from those pinners and it just keeps going. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, forever. And so anyone can click on it at any time and it's going to go to wherever you wanted the traffic to go to. So that's evergreen. It yeah. lives forever. So make sure you do it right the first time. Yeah. Well, think about some of those, the magazines from the, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And you, there, there are plenty of pages on the internet about uh, the, these ads from the 1950s are incredibly inappropriate or something like that. But guess what? People take a picture of them, they scan them, and all of a sudden, if it's for, uh, I don't care, you know, Marlboro, for instance. Well, there's a free commercial for Marlboro they didn't have to pay for. Yep. You know, 70 years later, this thing still has legs. That's so true. <laughs> you know? That is so true. Okay, I interrupted you about Pinterest. Oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, Pinterest, it's evergreen. It's, it, you know, you summed it up uh, brilliantly. It, it lives forever. As long as, as long as Pinterest.com and your page are available, it's there. Just like this, this podcast. It's one of the things about podcasting that people don't understand is the uh, Library of Congress just created a podcast division archive. So basically every podcast that's ever created is going to live in the Library of Congress. So a hundred years from now, people can go back and listen to this and they'll go, oh my gosh, he they were just talking about when it was created. That's crazy. Well, this guy, Tim Burt, well, and, and you know, Jessica Zimmerman, let's check her out, see what she, how, you know, what, what did she do with the rest of her life? <laughs> you know, is it was like they say uh, in the music industry, you're worth more uh, dead than you are alive. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> so true. And artists. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson still makes, what is it? 500 million a year or something. I don't know, off of the royalties and all that stuff, the publishing and all that. It's yeah, crazy. Something, something yeah. crazy. You're yeah. exactly right. Um, okay. So I'm pretty uh, crazy about my website, meaning I, uh, we put a ton of work into it. And so when I say crazy, I mean like obsessive, like we try, you know, we put a lot of work into it. We encourage listeners to do the same because I see a website as like a 24 hours a day, seven day a week employee who is working around the clock to market your business for you, to answer any questions, to, um, explain exactly what it is you do. So what is your stance on websites and how can we use websites as our best marketing strategy? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Great question. Here's the thing. You could ask a hundred website air quotes experts and you're going to get a hundred different answers. I just want yours, Tim. If you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, my opinion, your website is, is, well, you break it down. What do you want people to do? It, it for me, um, and for you, I'm sure it's a brochure of what you are, what you can do, who you are, your experience, how you can help people, you know, how you can help people is obviously number one, but you know, are they coming to you for information, education, to buy something, entertainment? What are they coming to you for? When you understand your core audience and understand what they want. Okay. When you know what they want, give it to them. Yes. Give them what they want. And don't overthink it. You know, and marketers, uh, I'm just as guilty as everybody else sitting here. Well, is this the right shade of red? Right. Mm, I don't, man, that doesn't amount. You're wasting time on that stuff. So figure out what they want, give it to them. And then 
uh, you know, if you want to go back and massage some stuff later, fine. But all this, you know, like, well, I got to make sure that this is placed just in the right spot. No, man. Figure out what they want. Figure out what's the best way that they want it and, and just give it to them. There's plenty of templates out there that you can use that probably going to fit what you're looking for. You know, so don't stress on this stuff, you know. Right. That's the short answer. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like your answer. Okay. So if you are, I want you to kind of give me an example and I'll just use my own business as an example because I just know it, but like a difference between marketing a service and marketing a product. So I, for example, I do, I have online courses. I, I will also do um, consulting. So consulting, there's a service. And then I also have a, you know, my book that just came out, Sleeping with a Stranger. There's my plug for the day. So those are two very different things. How would you look at those two things and market them differently? Well, the biggest thing to understand is the end goal is the same. It's how are you going to be able to help somebody with that product slash service? That's the ultimate goal is what is the end result of Susie cream cheese, as I like to call her Susie cream cheese, the average you know consumer. What is the what is she going to take away from this and use in her own life? What is she because she's come to you seeking a solution to a problem. And if you are the one to who is most qualified that she feels and is the most uh, worthy and she feels confident in making this purchase, like you're not going to scam her. If she feels that you're the answer to that problem, she's going to buy from you. It's the same with your coaching. It is the same with your courses. Your book is going to be, uh, it's a little different. There's still answers in there. It's just a very different way of packaging it up and deploying it. It's just a different format. So she's going to get some answers in there. There may not be direct answers. She's going to have to read through it. But ultimately, you're selling the same thing. Just like the shoe store is selling speed, you're selling answers. So therefore, the way to market those is, uh, here's what you'll find in this book. Here's what my, co my consulting can do for you. Here's what you'll get in this course. Don't tell me about it's 15 modules in 48 hours. I saw something recently. Uh, somebody said, I just created over 100 videos with a... I'm like a hundred videos. Are you serious? Who's got what? I mean, I don't care with this pandemic thing going on. I know who's got time for that. Right. No one, <laughs> no one wants all that. You're exactly right. 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 It's, it's akin to saying, if you came to me and said, let's say I was a, a mountain climbing expert and you came to me and said, Tim, I want you to help me climb Mount Everest. Okay. Well, great. You're going to need this, 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 you're going to need a can a tent and spikes and a, pole and you know uh, face mask and all that whoa 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 just get me to the first point right then get me to the second point then get me to the third point give me the stuff along the way that i'm gonna need don't bear me down at the beginning of this and say okay climb right right <laughs> That's not how this works you know i think that there's a real similarity between uh in in in, in a lot of things get killed a lot with the how we we have a dream and then we start thinking what all it's going to take to make that dream happen and then we kill it with the how like oh gosh i don't know i'll, I'll never be able to do that cuz we we're steps 1 through 16 we can do but then we get to 17 and we're like oh no i wouldn't be able to do that so i'm not even going to start with step 1 whereas if we would do steps 1 through 16 we would probably have all the confidence in the world to tackle step 17. I think maybe that happens a lot with marketing. People Great point. Great just point. 
don't do it because they are scared or they don't know what to do. Yesterday, and I haven't really talked about this yet with my audience, so here we go. We're going to talk about it. My husband and I have been thinking a lot about moving lately. And I mean, for over a year, we've really talked about it. And We've also talked a lot about getting an RV and just traveling for a year, just like going all over the U.S. and traveling for a year. And we're really, really strongly considering it. And yesterday, Brian was like trying to figure out all the steps. And I said, we don't need to know all the steps yet. We just need to know the next step. And the next step is to start the purge process of what we have in our home, you know, and start to sell or get rid of or donate or whatever. That's the next step. And then, so let's do that. And then we can, because I'm afraid if I write all the steps out, it's going to feel overwhelming and then we'll just never do it. No doubt. The how thing that you mentioned, I've never heard it put that way. And it's really really poignant and prescient. And let's say you want to be, you know, Conor McGregor or Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and you want to be this bodybuilder. Well, how do you get there? Well, you got to do, you know, 500 push-ups a day. Well, can I pay somebody to do that for me? No, you have to do it yourself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but how do I do the 500? Don't worry about it. Just do it. Well, it's a lot of work. Just start. Yeah, to- yeah it is. Just start. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. But you have to start somewhere. And that's why, you know, earlier, you know, it talked about um, getting somebody that you trust, get a coach. You know, mm-hmm. that's it's one of the one of my mantras, get a coach. Professional athletes have coaches. Why don't you? Right. I don't care what it is you do. I mean, Bill, Bill Gates, at one time when he was running Microsoft, you know who his coach was? Warren Buffett, the second richest guy in the world. Wow. So, you know, even even the guys at the top have coaches. So you can't be afraid. Don't skimp on that, on that, um, on that expense because it's very, very important. That's so true. That's so true. I love that. Okay. So if someone is just starting out and they don't have a lot of money, you know, to spend on like some huge ad, ad budget, how can he or she create a message that makes a big impact without a big budget? It's never been easier than right now to start marketing yourself online because it's free. Uh, (laughs) That's the the internet. The internet has leveled the playing field and it is a complete game changer. And a lot of people, you know, you realize this now, but you, sometimes you have to hear it from a third party for it to really resonate. So I hope if you're in that audience, I hope this is doing that for you. Um, Some of the great ad campaigns uh, have started. I mean, look at some of these guys, like look at Justin Bieber. Look at just, he started off putting up videos on, I think it was YouTube and got discovered because of talent. Yes. He didn't pay for that. Right. You're exactly right. Okay. Then what's holding you back? That's my question. You know, you find, find your target audience, do what, give them what they want, speak to them in a way that's evocative and resonant and watch what happens. Right. You know, it really, it, 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 it's, a, it's an oversimplification, but that really is what you have to do. It is. And it's easier said than done. But I think that the reason why most people don't do it or why they make excuses. Oh, I was talking to someone the other day and he just about drove me nuts because I would give him a suggestion. He'd come back with an excuse. I'd give a suggestion, come back with an excuse. And I just thought... I mean, you just don't want to do this. Like, that's just the truth of it because, or you're scared or, you know, there's fear there and you just have to, it really is simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's simple. Yeah. It sounds like you were talking to one of those people that uh, they have a problem for every solution. 
Yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. So what does it take to create a message that sells? Like, I'm wondering for our audience, are there go-to questions that we can ask ourselves or or that could prompt us so that we could use them if, if we're just starting out and we're trying to kind of, you know, DIY our sales process? Yeah. Identify their pain points. Um, they're going to buy from you because, again, we're back to a solution to a problem. Identify the pain points. Not enough food left in the fridge at the end of the month. Maybe stop buying pizzas every month and get this meal service or you know something like something like that. I mean, it's, you know, very rough. But um, it, it identify their pain points. Here's a super insider ninja tip for you. Do what I do, and I, I employ a technique called twist the knife. So you you identify their pain points and then you make it worse. And when you make it worse, you get them to the point where they're going, oh, God, please. Yeah. Okay. Stop. 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 Yes. 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 This is what I want. And if you're really sadistic, you can actually make it even worse than that. (laughs) The example, um, an example I give uh, in in one of my videos is where I talk about um, selling a car or buying a car. So let's say if you, Jessica Zimmerman Motors. All right. And if Jessica Zimmerman of Jessica Zimmerman Motors was the spokeswoman for your car company, if you said, hey, uh, I'm I'm not sure what uh, you're driving around right now, but uh, does the check engine light come on every five minutes and you're tired of those expensive repair bills? And then, you know, sometimes when you get in your car, you got to you got to jiggle the key just the right way and you got to hold on to your lucky rabbit's foot on your keychain, and you're praying to whatever it is you pray to that this thing's going to start. And even if it does start, you're not sure that it's going to take you from point A to point B without breaking down. Right. You how, hear how I just made like your, your problem. I just made it worse and worse and worse with every passing sentence. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it just. Oh, oh, and by the way. Uh, maybe you only have about uh, the last thing you want is a really expensive car payment. Well, what if I told you for uh, for two hundred dollars a month, you come on down to Jessica Zimmerman Motors. We got twenty fifteen or newer models, all for under two hundred dollars a month, and we'll service them. We'll give you oil changes for three months. And uh, by the way, and 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 you don't have to stop. Uh, you can stop praying that you're going to make it to wherever you got to go safely. That's good. See what I mean? Uh, or you hear what I mean? I've made the problem. I took the problem. I made it worse. I made it even worse. And then I offered you a solution. Then I made it even better. And then I made it even better. I hope this episode is blowing your mind so far. For years, I hated Pinterest and I held a grudge for the clients it stole from me when it first came out on the scene. But believe me when I say Pinterest has earned my forgiveness. Today, I do almost all of my marketing through Pinterest, and I get inquiries from big budget ideal clients every single week. If you want to start using Pinterest to get leads and money in the bank, you need the power of pinning. Check it out now at thepowerofpinning.com. Okay, so let's say someone's ready to take the next step with the marketing strategy. They've been doing some kind of DIY stuff on their own and they've gotten decent results and now they're ready to kind of up level. What would that next step look like? It well, it it varies on the um on the business obviously, but it would be 
the first if anybody came to me and said that the first question in out of my mouth is going to be well what is your end goal are you looking to open up a second store are you looking to expand your e-com are you, you know, what are you looking to do because that's going to drive the answer to that question um and Let's most is someone who has an etsy shop and she's selling um you know she does macrame wall hangings <laughs> i don't know and she's uh she's a bestseller on etsy and she makes good money and now she's hired some people and she's ready to like take on three times the orders uh first thing i would do is ramp up your uh marketing and i and i would look into paid ads and i would put them everywhere uh just hi start hijacking traffic uh on youtube on instagram on any place that's visual because if we're talking about macrame wall hangings that 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 doesn't make a sound i need it needs to be in front of people and they need to see it and they need to see how you make it they you know all of that behind the scenes stuff people love that give that to them and it, it, it really that does go back to your jessica simpson story like we yeah uh, we, we we see the finished product but it, you know sometimes in this instance it it is well, let me see how, how do you do this? And the big, the big word there is how, how do you make this? How did you, what, where, whoa, that's really cool. Well, let me show you how we make it. We do this, 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 and it takes 48 hours and, you know, you know, whatever. Right. But I would, I would take that and say, I, I would take, um, any visual, uh, based, Instagram, Pinterest, you can go down the list. Those would be the ones that I would look at. And I would just, I'd set a budget and, and deploy, you know, on uh, this uh, normally, you know, $400 now, one ninety nine, something like that. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, without knowing a whole, all of the intricacies of the business, but that's probably where I would start. And what's a good ROI, a return on the investment. If I pay a thousand dollars in Facebook ads, what should I be getting back? I would say if you're not doubling or tripling your money, um, stop and reassess. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is because some people would, there's going to be some people that would be really happy with spending a thousand dollars on Facebook. And if they just got their thousand dollars back, well, they're happy. Well, yeah, but I, you know, if you're going to spend that money, uh, you need to make money otherwise you're just you're right back at zero and, you, and don't fall into the trap of yeah but we got a lot of exposure oh yeah no 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 uh, no, <laughs> no, no not saying that that's not important i'm just saying what is the value of that exposure exactly if that exposure isn't going to generate sales yeah then... what's the point you know what's the point at that at that juncture, uh, I would say, you know, if, if you spent a thousand dollars on Facebook, you got a thousand dollars back. OK, it's resonating with some people. But if we know that there are 23 million people around the world that do macrame wall hangings, well, you got a percentage of them. You got a very tiny percentage of them. Um, what, what's the other percentage that, <laughs> you know, what, what's what are you missing that that other percentage of people aren't seeing or, or you're not saying to them? That's what I would look at. Oh, so good. Okay, final question. Ready? Yeah. If you had Oprah money, okay, that's that's what kind of bank you have, Oprah's money, and you had to spend it on yourself, totally selfish, what would you spend it on? 
<laughs> Oof. <clears throat> well, I've always wanted to be Batman, but okay. I don't think that's going to happen. Didn't see that coming. I did not see this coming, Tim. But I could live like Bruce Wayne. Um, okay. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> oh, well, you'd have to have the private jet. I'd have to have the private jet. Absolutely. And, yes, you would. And good news is I've, I, I've helped market a company that um, sells airplanes and airplane parts. So I know where to get one for cheap. And uh, <laughs> you Oprah money, you can buy the best. Well, yeah, but you don't want to be wasteful either. Well, yeah, I would, I would, I would have, I'd, I'd have the multiple houses around the world, um, and, uh, and the, the private jet. jet to get you there. Of course, of course, and uh, boy, probably a lot of time at the beach. To be honest with you, I'm okay with that. Yes, I'm totally. That's totally fine. Absolutely. Good so, answer. So there you go. I like yeah, it. I'd, I'd have my own bat cave and the multiple houses and, you know, my, my dream studio and, and, um, yeah, that, and, and I would be just fine. That is a great answer. I like it. <laughs> Probably an unorthodox answer. <laughs> no, I like it. These are the answers I like. I like it when they're totally, totally off. Yeah. My, uh, Doug, who I was telling you about with the sneeze. Oh yeah. He, what did he say? I think he said he would have a brand new pair of sheets. Every day on his bed, oh, brand oh, new every day. And I was like, well, there you go. These are the answers I love. They're so interesting to me. I would have so, never thought of that. It's so good. It is okay, good. So thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today. Uh, it's, it's really amazing to hear from someone who has seen and experienced so many different versions of marketing from radio and online ads and, and everything. So you've been super helpful. And I know that um, our audience is excited to learn. So where can we find more about you? Yeah, uh, marketingwithtim.com. Real simple, marketingwithtim.com. I was about to say, did y'all hear that? He just gave one thing. We don't need all the things, just the one thing. <laughs> Not all the things, just the one thing. Marketingwithtim.com. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Tim. It has been such a joy. Jessica, you're an awesome interviewer, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. And uh, I, I look forward to hearing from your audience. And I hope I hope this is the most listened to podcast of yours, because I'm just selfish like that. Me too. I hope it is as well. That would be amazing. I would love it. Yes. Okay. Thank you so, so much. I will talk with you soon. Thanks, Jessica. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today, Tim. It's amazing to hear from someone who has seen and experienced so many different versions of marketing, from radio to online ads, from small businesses to presidential campaigns. Remember, when it comes to business, we have to be objective when it comes to messaging and see what's connecting with people instead of changing our messaging anytime we get a new idea. This episode is so full of practical information. I hope you listen, re-listen, and share. I can't wait to hear what you learned from today's episode. See you next time. If you loved what you heard today, even if you liked it a lot, you should subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman Podcast.